0: Welcome to Fearless Mom. What a great kickoff we had last week. My prayer is that you have embraced your new name as Fearless Mom and that you embrace the fact that just like in the Bible, Abraham, and we talked about Sarah, and we talked about Jacob, and we talked about Peter, God chose them, changed their name, and challenged them to something big. That's what he's done for you. He's chosen you to be the mom to the children that you have. He has changed your name to Fearless Mom. And he has challenged you to this great, overwhelming, um, endless task listing, task, job, privilege of motherhood. And so we're all in this together, and we believe in you. We want to give a shout-out to our online moms. If you're watching or listening online, our prayer is that you feel us with you, even though we're not with you. Um, We are fortunate, and we are blessed, and we feel thrilled that technology connects us. And our prayer is that you feel us standing with you shoulder to shoulder, reminding you that you can do this, and you are not alone. Right, girls? You may, be, you may be watching by yourself, but you are not alone. We're all in this together. And if you feel like you don't know what you're doing, we say welcome. We don't know what we're doing either. But we're doing the what we don't know what we're doing all together. So let's pray and get started. God, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you, God, for the gift of motherhood. I thank you for your word that gives us direction and encouragement I thank you, God, for these moms who've gathered together to encourage one another and to receive encouragement. I thank you for every mom watching or listening. Right now, God, we ask that you settle our hearts, settle our minds, open our eyes and ears to what you want us to see and hear today so that we can be the moms you've created us to be, so that we can raise up these kids to be who you created them to be. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Now, if you know me at all, you know that I love Christmas. Um, It really is the most wonderful time of the year, and if you disagree with that, you need to go ahead and shut off the online or get on out of here, because it is the best time of the year. And I love it, and I want everybody else to love it, especially my family. So when my children were young, I involved them in the gift-giving process. So Emily and Joseph went with me to Walmart um, to Christmas shop for Mac. And then Mac took them Christmas shopping for me. So when Christmas morning came and we were opening our gifts, Emily and Joseph, I'm going to tell you they were six and four at this point. So my six-year-old and four-year-old were so excited for us to open the presents that they had given us. So Mac went first, and Mac opened his gift from Emily, and it was a UT sweatshirt. And he was so excited. And then he opened his gift from Joseph, and it was a camouflage baseball cap. Probably had a longhorn on it, but it was a camouflage baseball cap. It was so exciting. They were thrilled to give what they had picked out just for Mac. And then it was my turn. And so I opened my gift from Emily, and it was um, perhaps purchased in the teen section. Um, It was a cut-off tank top. Um, that was super fitted, uber fitted, and would not only show my midriff, but a lot more of what I was not willing to show. But I was so grateful. Emily, this is so wonderful. Thank you. And I'm thinking, I hope she does not expect me to put this on. Um, And then I opened my gift from Joseph, and it was wrapped so carefully. And as I tore off the paper, I saw that Joseph had gotten me racquetballs. Yeah. Yeah. You see what I observed at the time? I thought, my word, my children know Max so well. They know that two of his favorite things are the Texas longhorns and hunting. It was the perfect gift. Each of them gave him the perfect gift. And then when it came to me, what I realized was Emily liked that top for herself, (laughs) and Joseph really liked the racquetballs. You see, their assumption was that I would like whatever they would like. And it wasn't even a conscious decision on their part. But I realized at that moment, like, wow, they know Max so well. Do they know me? And then I started thinking, what do I like? If you'd asked me at that point in my life, what's your favorite thing to do? I very well may have told you, you know, play Candyland. Mm And I love the Disney Channel. And, um, you know, that was so much of what I was doing that I realized not that my children were doing it intentionally, but actually I had allowed motherhood to become my complete identity. I was so attached to them that all of my hobbies were actually their hobbies. All of my likes were their likes. I mean, I was all about that bagel bite. You know, and I was super into goldfish. If I would listed my favorite foods, it probably would have been all of those. You see, I was so close to what I was doing that it became all of who I was. And I realized then and there, that's not healthy. It's not healthy for my children. It's not healthy for my marriage. And it's not healthy for me. For my identity to be so wrapped up in motherhood and in my kids you see i understood then and i don't know what well really it was that tank top that i was fairly certain i would never put on but it was that i understand why she would think that i would like that i understand why joseph would think that he would like that because motherhood had become all of who i was and i had to make a decision then i had to make a decision yes motherhood is a huge part of who i am still and my children are 24 and 22. I was 12 when I had them, in case you're doing the math. Um, But it was a huge part of who I was, but it wasn't all of who I was. If I was going to discipline appropriately, the Bible says train up a child in the way he should go. Everybody say go. Go. Train up a child in the way he or she should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. You see, if I was going to ever be ready for them to go, if I was going to discipline effectively, train effectively, equip effectively, I was going to have to understand who I was apart from my children, who I was apart from Mac, who I was... In relationship to my father I had to understand who I was I had to parent out of that I had to marriage out of that I had to be a friend out of that all of my relationships benefit when I figure out who I am now yes this semester and next semester we are going to talk about discipline we are going to talk about holiday traditions we are going to talk about family dynamics all those things but if you're not careful if you're not intentional then you will allow motherhood to become all of who you are. But what we have to do is strip everything away because all of that discipline and holiday tradition has to actually be built on the firm foundation of who you were created to be. So we've got to strip it all away and say, who am I and why am I? Turn to your neighbor and say, who do you think you are? (laughs) Who do you think you are? Turn to your other neighbor and say, why do you think you are? It is mission critical for us to understand the truth, for us to build our decision-making and our, the, the choices that we make and the, the directions we take, all built on that firm foundation of who we are and why we are. Who we are, who you are is your identity. Who you are is your identity. Why you are is your purpose. You've got to understand the truth about who you are and why you are. The truth about your identity and your purpose. Now, listen carefully. The choices you make and the actions you take are not actually built on your identity and your purpose. Wait a minute, Julie. I thought you just said, no. The choices you make and the actions you take are not built on your identity and purpose. The choices you make and the actions you take are built on what you believe is your identity and your purpose. What you believe about what it is. I can tell you what your identity is, but unless you believe it, it will not change what you do. I can tell you what your purpose is, but unless you believe it, unless you accept it as real and true, you will not do anything about it. Decisions you make and actions you take are rooted in what you believe about your identity and purpose. Let me give you an example. Several years ago, I was in a fast food, um, actually it's P. Terry's, fast food line by myself. So my phone rang P. Terry's, I'm sorry for those of y'all who don't live in Austin. Maybe one day. Um, so I um, was in line, and I got a phone call. It was the nurse from the doctor's office. And um, she said, is this Julie? I said, yes, it is. And she said, well, our tests show that you have high cholesterol. And I said, hold on a minute. While I got my cheeseburger and fries. <laughs> this is not an exaggeration. This is a true and accurate story. I said, thank you so much to the P. Terry's guy. who right drove around and parked so that I could finish my phone call. You have high cholesterol. Um, You need to change your diet, like, immediately. (laughs) You need to change your diet, and then um, come back and take another test. And so I said, okay, thank you so much. I proceeded to eat my burger (laughs) and fries. And then I told myself, I don't have high cholesterol. I literally told myself that. I do not have high cholesterol. You know what? I think you're supposed to fast before... By the way, I did not go to medical school <laughs> or nursing school. But in the P. Terry's parking lot, I had this conversation with myself. I think I was supposed to fast, and I didn't do it. So I'm sure my test was just inaccurate. I go about my business. I go to P. Terry's weekly and Chick-fil-A on the days when I'm not at P. Terry's. And I, I, but that's totally fine. That's how I live my life. I, you know, I, I don't have high cholesterol. I did not believe I had high cholesterol. So I did not change any of my actions. I go back to the doctor the next year they said we're gonna run some tests hey looks like you have high cholesterol i said i'm sorry what and see the truth was that i had high cholesterol but i did not believe i did so therefore it did not change any of my behaviors and even after i did i only changed a little bit but still i here's the important truth what you believe what you believe determines how you behave What you believe determines how you behave. It's not truth. The truth does not determine how you behave. It's what you believe to be the truth that determines how you behave. And so what we're going to do as we build on this foundation for the rest of the year, for the rest of your life, we're going to make sure that we are building on top of a firm foundation, a firm foundation of truth. My prayer for you, my desire for you is that you understand and grasp the truth of who you are, and the truth of why you are. Because so many times we have difficulty believing the truth. We have difficulty even seeing the truth about who we are and why we are. Maybe it's because of something you were told when you were younger. Maybe it's because of something you believed when you were younger. Perhaps you were told that you're not good enough. Perhaps you were told that um, you would never amount to anything. Perhaps you were told that, you know, it's just not in the cards for you to be a good mom. It just It's not in the cards for you to have a good marriage. It's not That's not part of your life. And that's what you believed as truth. Well, I'm here to tell you, starting today... I don't care what you, I mean, I care, love you, but I don't. It's irrelevant to me what you believed yesterday. I want to tell you to believe the truth today. And we are going to fix that firm foundation. We're going to strip everything off, make sure there are no cracks in your foundation so that we can build on the solid rock of the truth. So here we go. Where do we go for the truth? We go to God's Word. You may not believe it is miraculous and true. We do. So what I'm going to ask you, if you don't believe this to be true, I'm going to ask you to give it a try, to practice it, to say, okay, how would my life or could my life improve if I believe these as true? God, the creator of the universe, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, he has a plan for your life. He has a, a plan that will blow your mind, and he knows even better than you do who you are. So who are you? You are a wonderfully created, turn to your neighbor and say, you are wonderful. Everybody say it to me, ready? You are wonderful. Thanks, guys. You are a wonderfully created child of God. You are a wonderfully created child of God. You know what? I feel like our online audience needs to be reminded. Let's tell them. Ready, one, two, three. You are a wonderfully created child of God. How do I know that? Psalm 139, verse 14. I praise you, God, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. If you believe that God did create the world, and if you do believe that God created you, then you have to believe that you're wonderful. Otherwise, you're telling, like, God, what was up here? You know, you know best what I need. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And this is something to cling to in John from the New Testament. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, this is Jesus, to all who believe him and receive him, those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent nor of human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. You are a wonderfully created child of God, period. That's the truth. You have to choose to believe it. That is the fact about who you are. So you have to choose to believe it and you have to choose to behave as if you believe it. So now we're going to look at why you are. Why are you? What is your purpose? Good grief. I mean, how many days did I think, what am I doing? Mac would come home, and I I stayed at home full time, and he would come home from the office, and I would start telling him everything I did, and he would go, I believe you. And i go, no, I'm trying to figure out what I did. I'm saying all this because it doesn't feel like I did anything today. And I'm not even sure why I'm trying any of this because none of it is working. Here is the truth about why you are. You were created by the God of the universe for worship and relationship. For worship and relationship. 1 Corinthians 10.31 So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, whether you're changing diapers, whether you're setting screen time, whether you're dropping a kid off at college, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. That's what worship means. Worship is not just singing, even though that's totally awesome. Worship is doing what you do, thanking God for it. Doing what you do, worshiping as you do it. It's gratitude. It's honor. It's really about how you're doing what you're doing. Yes, changing diapers can be worship. Changing diapers. God, thank you for this child. And man, sometimes you got to say it when you're not feeling it. You do what's right because it's right until it feels right. And so I'm changing that diaper. This is a blessing. <laughs> this is a blessing. This is wonderful. This is a stage. This is not the rest of my life. This is an opportunity for worship. You don't know whose diaper you're changing. It may just be the next, you know, you know woman president of the United States, the first woman president. It may be, you know, the person who is going to change, uh, you know, find the cure for cancer. You don't know. And I am praying and I am worshiping and I am putting another diaper on. Yes. Everything can be worshiped. Colossians 1:16. For by all, by him, all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth. By God, all things were created, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things, say all things. All things. Say counting me. counting me. All things, counting you. Have been created through him and for him. Your purpose is worship and relationship. God created you to live your life in relationship with him. Yes, your family of origin is part of that. Yes, your marriage is part of that. Yes, your children, they're part of it. But your real why is worship and relationship. My time with God. My Understanding what he has called me to do, his vision for my life. That's why I'm created. The hope, the peace, the joy that we're all looking for is found when you understand and you embrace your who and your why. And, yes, the parenting clouds us. I mean, my word, the lack of sleep, the hormones, the diet of goldfish and gummy bears, you know. And then we're like, hey, you better make good decisions because your child's future depends on it, you know. I'm like, oh, my heavens, I can't even, I don't even know what day it is. Stop. (sighs) Who am I? Why am I? That I can do today. That I can do today. And if that's all you can do, you do that. You do that because everything else is going to flow out of that. Your understanding of who you are and why you are. You have to embrace that you were created for worship and relationship. Because when I do, it's just like I told you in the beginning, when you strip down, when I have to separate my identity from my kids, I have to understand they make their own decisions. They, I'm going to do the best I can to set them up for a win. That is my responsibility. I embrace that. But then I am equipping them and preparing them for space, for them to do their own thing. It's much easier when I understand my who and my why. Because then also, not only can I discipline better, not only do I not overreact, I don't panic. Because I go, you know what? I'm created in relationship with him. I'm dependent on him. He's going to fill in the gaps where I'll fall short. I can do another day. The mundane task, diaper changing, clean. Seriously? You spilled right after I vacuumed? My goal was always, like when I would get my carpet steam cleaned, if I could go 24 hours without somebody vomiting or bleeding. Because it didn't matter. If I called the steam team in, clean carpet. Guaranteed within 24 hours somebody would bleed or vomit right on the carpet. And and so I would think, what have I done? What am I doing? Stop. Who am I? Why am I? It's fine. I don't overreact. It helps me gain a little perspective. And I think, well, that'll be a funny story one day. And um, perhaps I'll use it to help others. Or even the mistakes that I make. The mistakes that I make, I can put those in perspective. The number of times I overreacted, I made things a big deal when they shouldn't have been, and it turned out to be just ridiculous, you know, that I had blown it out of proportion. You know what? It was a mistake I made. I'm able to move on because I know That my creator has something great and that he will fill in the gaps, not if, but when I fall short. The truth is that you're a wonderfully created child of God, and the truth is that you're created for worship and relationship. And then you have to choose to believe it. You have to choose to believe the truth. Believe that God created you on purpose, with purpose, for a purpose. Believe that those kids in your home, they're there on purpose, with purpose, for a purpose. You may be looking at this kid, but that's not what I expected. That's actually not what I was planning for, looking for, hoping for, praying for. Guess what? It's your kid, and he's there on purpose, with purpose, for a purpose, and you're exactly the mom he needs. And so you adapt, you shift to be the mom that God created you to be so that he can be the kid or the, you know... the the force that God created him to be. It's a wonderful thing, that strong will. We'll talk about it some more later. But um, the main thing that gets in the way of believing truth are our feelings. I don't feel fearless. I don't feel wonderful. I don't feel like a child of God. I I don't feel like he can hear me. I don't feel like um, worshiping. Actually, I feel like complaining. I don't feel like that. Our feelings will get in the way of our embracing the truth if we're not careful and if we're not intentional. Joseph, on his fifth birthday, I woke him up and I said, good morning, buddy. Happy birthday. And he stretched a little bit. He said, I don't feel very five-ish. I said, what? I'm sorry. He said, I don't feel five-ish. And I'm not sure what he was expecting five to feel like. But I said, buddy, you are five. Today's your birthday. He said, no, I don't feel five-ish. I said, I tell you what, stand up. Stand up. I'll bet that when you stand up, you'll feel five-ish. So he got out of bed and he stood up, gathered himself thought about it a little bit and said, I feel five-ish now. (laughs) I said, good, we can go on to celebrate your birthday. I don't feel fearless. I don't feel wonderfully made. I don't feel like I have purpose. I don't feel blah, blah, blah. I don't feel like I'm a good mom, a good wife, a good friend. Maybe, like Joseph, you need to take a minute, gather yourself, stand up and be reminded of the truth. The truth is, you're a wonderfully created child of God, created for worship, created for relationship. You are created on purpose, with purpose, for a purpose. Your children are created on purpose, with purpose, for a purpose. And you can do what he's called you to do. Just like Abraham, we said, you know, Abraham wasn't called to be the father of many nations because he had fathered many people. As a matter of fact, he had no children at the time that God changed his name to father of many. It wasn't because of what Abraham had done. It was because of what God was going to do through him in the future. God has chosen you to be the mom. He's called you out. He's changed your name to Fearless Mom, not because of what you felt or because of what you thought before, but because of what He wants to do in you and through you. This mighty task, this great calling of motherhood is all built on the foundation of what you believe about who you are and why you are. Yes, we believe in teaching about Practical discipline, practical, um, you know, holiday tradition setting, bedtime setting, how to uh, potty train, how to, you know, sleep train, all those things. But again, unless it's built on the firm foundation of the truth about who you are and why you are, you'll never have a healthy perspective. And so we want to strip it away. Today decide that is what we believe. You know why? Because what you believe about who you are and why you are, has a lot to do with what your children are going to believe about who they are and why they are. As a matter of fact, who your children believe about who they are and why they are comes from the overflow, whether it's intentional or not, of who you are and why you are. What you believe about that. So, I say this all the time. Imagine yourself as a fountain. I close my eyes. I'm a tall, skinny fountain. And don't laugh. I really do. Like in my mind, I thought, that is hilarious that the fountain, I imagine, really does not um, go with what what I look like. But that's okay. It's imagination. So I'm a tall, skinny fountain. And you're like, hey, Julie, today my overflow looks and sounds like this. (laughs) (laughs) I got nothing. That's what we're here for. We want to help you. You know what makes a difference? And what your overflow is? Who you surround yourself with. The friends that you surround yourself with, are they, are they reminding you of the truth when you don't feel like it? Because, you know, they'll share with you. And so you surround yourself with people who will help you flow tr- overflow truth. You surround yourself with people who will remind you when you don't feel like it. That's the big deal. When you don't feel like fighting for your marriage anymore, you need to make sure you have friends who will fight in your place and who will fight for you. And it will help you find that fight. When you don't feel like fighting through motherhood, you make sure you have a friend who will bring you a large order of fries and a Diet Coke and say, you can do this. We'll do this together. Make sure, because that will affect your overflow. I don't tell you that your children are drinking your overflow to make you feel guilty. I I tell you that because of the truth. And because you get to control what your overflow is. You get, hey, there are days when my overflow was complete slime, (laughs) complete slime. And guess what? Children are very resilient. (laughs) And that's okay. They learn from that too. Mom had a bad day. Tomorrow will be a better day. You know, I don't use that as an excuse. I'm just telling you that's the reality. I apologize. I move on because I know that that's not the overflow that I'm created to live with. For me, if all you can do today is be the best you, then just do that. Just do that. Order pizza, leave the mess, wait for the laundry. If all you can do is be the best you today, be the best you. Remind yourself, I am a wonderfully created child of God, created for worship, created for relationship. I will not stop. Behave as if you believe that God created you on purpose, with purpose, for a purpose. Don't just believe it. Then you behave as if you believe it. The decisions you make, the actions you take will be an overflow. So believe that God created you, then behave as if God created you with purpose, for purpose, on purpose. It's a great day. It's a great day to be a fearless mom. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your reassurance, for your reminders. Thank you, God, for friends who remind us of the truth when we don't feel like it. God, thank you for the church. Thank you for technology. Thank you for this great calling. Thank you for assuring us that you have our backs and that you will fill in the gap when we fall short. We do our best. We trust you with the rest. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen.